Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Wednesday day. Trying to be positive. <laughs> I know for the most part, I think a lot of people like me are, are pretty well upset uh, with uh, our election process. We'll get into that here in just a moment. But anyway, I, uh, I do hope everybody's had a good day anyway, uh, despite uh, our, the recent outcome of, uh, of events. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, choose my words uh, carefully here, but uh, uh, but it just uh, hope everything has had a good day. At least it was a beautiful day today, sunshiny day, and uh, uh, it was uh, warm out. It wasn't that cold. Bad thing's supposed to even get a little warmer by this weekend. I think my wife has plans for me to um, string up Christmas lights. She goes, "Oh, we're not going to turn them on," but uh, but apparently I have. Uh, uh, the the duty uh, to start uh, uh, the process of decorating, <laughs> and uh, so I'm glad that uh, she she can always work out a full schedule for me. And uh, but anyway, uh, I know a lot of people already decorated for Christmas, and hey, nothing wrong with that. I love Christmas and I look forward to it. But I tell you though, I don't skip Thanksgiving. Now I, I love my Thanksgiving. I like me. I like me taters and gravy and turkey and stuffing and uh, deviled eggs and uh, <laughs> desserts. And so uh, that is my uh, one time of the year that I uh, really look forward to. I, uh, I love Christmas. I look forward to that too. But I love me Thanksgiving. I'll tell you what, I can ride a kayak down a gravy river. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, let's go ahead and look at our verses this morning. Uh, this morning. So I used to do morning devotions. I get uh, uh, messed up when it comes to um, uh, when I do evening service. So, but anyway, we're going to look at um, uh, Romans six fourteen. Sorry, I think a second. I tell you, I'm having uh, brain burps uh, this evening, so I do apologize. But Romans six fourteen. We'll bring that up there for those who may not have a. Bible readily available. At least you can read along right here on social media. Romans 6.14, English Standard Version. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And that is going to be our primary focus this evening, uh, is talking about grace and our uh, and along with, uh, with some characteristics of Christianity uh, in Titus 2, 11-14 will be our focal point of study this evening, so uh, be sure you want to go ahead and be getting your Bibles ready in anticipation uh, for that, by all means do so. And uh, if you have any prayer concerns, please put those in the comments section here, and we will address those. If um, those get uh, put in uh, after we pray, hey, no worries. We, uh, people will still see that and still pray about that. Obviously, one big prayer we need to be praying for is our nation. And by some miracle, and it will literally take a miracle uh, for Trump to be uh, reelected. Uh, so let's pray that that will, uh, that could, you know, that could possibly happen. So anyway, uh, our prayer request as of Sunday morning, uh, it was uh, it's for Wendy Lee, Jane Kitchings, Kim Penix, Murph, Glenn Johnson, Sarah Slagle, PK and Chuck, Larky and Nancy, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn. Joe Franklin, P.T. and Sherry, and Sherry's mom, Larry and Donna, Ron Carden, Pam Smith and family, grandmother passed away, Jackie and Rhonda, David uh, in New Jersey, Linda and Ralph, 
uh, Ron Thompson. And uh, so that's what we have. Those on the, our prayer list on uh, uh, Sunday morning. And David Stinnett, I know he's been in and out of the VA. Uh, 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 he had on Facebook, he's had some heart complications. And he's going to go back to VA today. So I told him we would definitely be praying for him. Uh, Jerry Ball is battling uh, COVID issues. And um, several others I saw on Facebook I said be praying for. My brother in Christ, uh, Mark Anderson, uh, he and I, we attended uh, Grace Theological Seminary in Indiana together, uh, considering a dear friend and his mother passed away uh, unexpectedly. And uh, uh, so we'll be praying for him. And uh, Darlene Barker, uh, her stepfather, passed away. So we'll definitely be praying for uh, for her as well. Uh, Sharon, my mother-in-law, uh, says our country. Fred Perry says pray for a miracle. Prayers for my friend Tressa. Her mom passed away. Uh, for my family, God is good. And uh, Mr. Larkin Tyree is watching. So thank you, Mr. Tyree. Glad you could join us this evening. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and bow our heads and go for the Lord of Prayer, if we may. Therefore, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. Lord, thank you for this uh, this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, uh, I think a lot of people have heavy hearts today. I think that uh, a lot of stress and anxiety, uh, people uncertain about the present and the future. And Lord, uh, just let your peace express all understanding, guard our hearts and minds. And uh, Lord, let your uh, will be done in this situation and in any situation in our lives. But, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with um, friend, Paris, friend, Tressa, and uh, lost to her loved one. Lord, I pray that you be with uh, her sister and family. Lord, I pray that you will be with our uh, government, with our nation, that this, uh, these election results, by some miracle, uh, could go in Trump's favor. And, Lord, I do pray that you be with all these prayer requests and concerns. Lord, we thank you that Wendy leaves in the Come back home safely. Continue healing up with her and uh, with Kim Penix. Lord, I do pray that you be with Roger Winter, Mr. Murr. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Sherry Glover, BT, and uh, Sherry's mom. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you be with Jane Kinchins and uh, Larry and Donna Knight. Uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, you be with Ron Thompson, help him, guide him. Lord, be with my, my friend and brother in Christ, Mark Anderson. And uh, Lord, I know he's uh, having a tough time right now with the loss of his mother. Lord, I pray that you give him comfort during this very difficult time. And same with Darlene, who lost her stepfather. And Lord, I pray that you be at those who have been diagnosed with COVID issues and that you bring healing upon them, strengthen them, and uh, bring them to full and complete health. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and praise you that you lead and guide us and direct us this evening. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Um, let's see here. Uh, Mr. Trailer said, uh, please pray for me. I am in great need of Uplifting since last night. Uh, I've been really depressed since watching the voting last night. Well, Mr. Trailer, don't worry. You you are not alone uh, in your struggle, that's for sure. Uh, David Feathers uh, said amen. But um, uh, as far as announcements go, um, this uh, Sunday uh, is the uh, um, toy run, the Barry Mason toy run. Uh, I think they'll be uh, doing that immediately following the services on Sunday morning. And uh, the, uh, there's a 1 o'clock, uh, they'll be doing that, uh, that's the, the 8th. And then uh, the fall of Sunday, I think it's the Bernie Green Toy Run at Freedom Hall, and uh, if you want to, you obviously can drive there in the motorcycles, but they are uh, uh, not doing any kind of rides or anything like that due to these uh, COVID issues. So, and then, of course, we'll have church Sunday morning, physical service at 118 Julie Lane, 
Dr. Deke Young will be leading the morning message, and then uh, I'll be doing online service Sunday evening at 6. And of course, uh, as you know, Wednesday night at 7. Uh, you know, as Mr. Trailer uh, was talking about, uh, not only, I know you said you need a prayer, Mr. Trailer, I, I covet uh, your prayers as well. I am uh, very, very angry, uh, and uh, uh, I was and finding myself screaming at the television while it's like, you need to calm down. Uh, I think it's very clear and very evident that uh, this election was stolen. You know, uh, people talking about how Biden was hiding uh, in his basement and not really doing any rallies. Well, he didn't have to. He knew what was going to happen. He knew the end result. So he didn't have to put a lot of effort out there. You know, he had thousands in attendance to Trump rallies, a handful when Biden did uh, stick his head out of the hole. And we're supposed to believe that now over 50% of the country or more has voted for him. And, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, it, it is um, like Newt Gingrich was talking about this morning uh, that uh, uh, Michigan in particular was, uh, is known uh, to be corrupt uh, in their, their voting process and stuffing ballot boxes. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, absentee ballots don't have to have a witness, don't have to have a signature. Right? So it's very easy uh, to uh, lie and cheat their way into the White House. They were determined. They've hated Trump for the last uh, three and a half, four years. They, they've hated him. And they, they were determined. That's why, you know, if you notice Nancy Pelosi said a week and a half ago, she said, uh, we will be swearing Biden in in January. Uh, so I, when she said that, to me, that kind of perked my ears up. And I was thinking, no, they, they've already got a plan. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, we hope to. She said, we will be. In other words, she knew beforehand that, you know, we, Trump exposed a lot of the corruption uh, in this, uh, in our government. But I don't think people realize how, or how deep and how uh, overreaching that corruption really has lied at. And the, the people that he's exposed, uh, they were determined uh, to get him out of there. And um, uh, we do need to be praying for our country and our nation right now. Uh, I'm telling you, all right, you know, if you look at Daniel 9, you know, we look at um, uh, seven years. There's three and a half years of peace, three and a half years of uh, tribulation, trouble, whatever you want to call it. And uh, uh, I think we've had three and a half years of peace, and now we're going to see some persecution. And um, if you don't have your heart right with the Lord, friends, I'm telling you, you better get your ass in order now. Jesus Christ can return at any moment, any second. Now, we do know that, um, as Romans 8.28 tells us, that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, God has been known uh, to uh, use wicked people for his glory, for his good. Uh, he's the one who places kings on their thrones, and he's the one who deposes them. And uh, so we know that God is sovereign. We know that God is in control. That much we can be assured of. We may not lock the, you know, the, for those who are saved, for those who are Christians, I think that um, our eyes are open. We see the evil. We see the corruption. Uh, those that the God's world is blinded, they can't see it. They, they think Trump's the bad guy. They think we're the bad guy. If Biden and Pelosi, if Biden, well, why not say Pelosi? I mean, really what's going to happen is we're going to take him and uh, stick him somewhere in a corner. And, uh, of course, we know that... Uh, uh, Kamala Harris and, uh, and Pelosi wants to be running the country. I mean, so we, we know who's really going to be pulling the strings. 
Uh, one of the first things we're going to do, uh, Dad and I was talking about this morning, he said, well, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to try to shut churches down. We use this pandemic as an excuse. Uh, they're going to cut back the military. He blatantly said they're going to raise taxes, and these idiots, because the day they hated Trump so bad, they voted for him anyway, so he's going to raise taxes. Uh, he's going to cut into VA programs. All these things, all the good that Trump has done, the man worked for free, all right? All the good he's done for veterans, our military, bringing jobs back, economic growth. Bye-bye, because it's, it's gone. I'm just saying, right? They are, 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 are radical left progressives. See, the squad got reelected. Oh, hey, isn't that reassuring? And, uh, it is, um, uh, they're pure socialist, Marxist, and, uh, yeah, the freedoms that we loved and hold dear, it's gone. It's gone. And, uh, but as, as troublesome as it is, uh, like I said, Mr. Trailer was talking about how he's been depressed. Don't be depressed. And that's why I keep telling myself, don't be angry. Uh, God is in control. What we have to do is keep our eyes on the Lord. As Christians, we may deal with some heavy persecution. Because, see, we stand in the face of, of everything that they hate. See, when, when socialism is in play, communism is in play, what's the first thing they do? They want to squelch the preachers. They want to shut down the churches because the Bible illuminates the Bible uh, opens the eyes to the truth, and that's what they can't have. And so that we're the very ones they're going to want to shut down. And that was one thing yesterday when I was doing my morning devotion. I uh, uh, I got choked up. I told my wife, I said, I, I hate when I do that because um, I don't want people to think I'm some big crybaby, but I get very emotional when it comes to things of Christ, when it comes to with God's Word. I get very emotional. And uh, like I was talking about yesterday, I... Uh, they can try to shut down our church. They can try to quiet Christians. I don't care what they do to me. I don't care what uh, uh, they can jail me. They can torture me. I don't care what they do. I will proudly, here I go again, <laughs> I will proudly stand from the mountaintops and I will scream with all my might that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they may not like that truth. They may not like that light in the darkness. But I'm telling you what, friends, I don't care who's in office. I will not be silent when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ. And I will speak the truth. And you may not like it. You, it's not me that people have a problem with. It's not other pastors that have a problem with. They have a problem with God's word. Why? Because we dare defend the sanctity of life. We dare to uphold traditional family values. We dare to, to talk about God's freedom from the madness and, and the sins of this world. We dare to speak the truth. And they can't have that. And so they want to silence us. So, my friends, I'm telling you right now, we may have to pray and we may have to endure more than we have ever had to endure before. I know who's the one. I know who's the one who walks before me. I know the one who walks behind. And I know who walks beside. I know that God is with me. And I know that God is with you. And despite the outcome of this, this election, despite whatever laws are passed, whatever rulings are being pushed through, 
Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, as I told you, that's um, one of the last things that Jonathan Edwards said that what he died uh, was to, uh, to keep your eyes on the Lord. And uh, that's what we have to do. Now, we can let anger and hatred and depression take control and uh, try to rule over us. Well, that's what the old devil wants. And that's why we have to fight back against that. Because, you see, we are only here. This is, we're, we're passing through this world to get to the world to come. All right? that, this is the encouragement I give to you today. We are going to a world to come. We are sojourners. We are strangers in a strange land. And, you know, I, um, I'm i upset as much as you are. I worry about my children and, uh, and the world they're growing up in and what they may have to face, particularly to, to live as Christians. But I know God's got this, and that's my encouragement to them as well, that uh, to keep their eyes on the Lord. Don't let the temporal things of this world, and we may have to be tested in ways we have never imagined. We may be tested. Uh, in our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, we don't know how we're going to react uh, in the face of persecution. But our firm believer that God will give us uh, what we need when we need it. So don't, don't worry about how, well, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. And uh, just keep your eyes on the Lord. And He'll give you the strength you need. It's not by... by not by strength, not by power, but by my might, said the Lord of hosts. It is God's strength and his power that helps us to endure and to persevere. And, uh, you know, it's one thing that uh, uh, has been always fascinating. Uh, in any situation where uh, God's people have been oppressed and persecuted, God's word has flourished uh, in a major way. So, you know... Uh, it looks more than likely like he's, uh, these two evil, vile individuals may be uh, taking office. And uh, maybe that's what is needed to get the attention of the people of this nation. Maybe that's what is needed uh, for people to wake up and to realize their need for a Savior, their need for God. And maybe, just maybe, churches start to fill up again while they're allowed to be open. But I know one thing. As long as there is breath in my body and breath in my father's body, our church won't be open. And uh, let them try to come shut us down. <clears throat> we are defenders. We're defenders for the, of the word for a reason. And I'm willing to defend and give my life if necessary because of what Christ has done for me and done for you. <clears throat> and I apologize for... <laughs> Uh, getting emotional, I'm uh, sorry, but uh, I'm very passionate, as you can tell, uh, for my love for the Lord. And uh, uh, 
We need to pray for strength. Uh, there's no time for cowardice in God's army. And so if you, uh, not been spending that time of the word of prayer, uh, you might want to get in the habit of doing that now. Get yourself strengthened, uh, because, uh, uh, the battle is more at hand than ever before. So, uh, I know it can be, uh, disheartening because of the corruption, the violence we've seen. That God's in control. He's sovereign. And uh, his will has to be done. We're living in the last days. And certain things are going to have to transpire that we are not going to like in order for it to, for all these things to come to pass before Jesus Christ raptures us out of this evil, wicked world. And then there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, a peace unlike anything we have ever imagined. Then we can spend eternity with Jesus. And, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I can't wait to hug Jesus' neck. <clears throat> can't wait to see both of my grandfathers. <clears throat> my best friend, Lance. <clears throat> It's going to be a joyous occasion. It really is to be in God's kingdom. And uh, we'll be there sooner or later, so you might as well just get excited about it. And uh, uh, so praise God. You know, like I said before, know that God is sovereign and in control uh, should bring you comfort. And let's be comforted today. I'm trying to, to calm myself down because I am way up here in my temper and uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm about fighting mad, I'll be honest with you. So uh, pray for me. I'll pray for you. And uh, guess what? God's going to get us through this. So, let's go ahead and look at tonight's uh, passage. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Titus uh, 2, 11 through 14. And uh, so let's go ahead and bring that up. And let's go ahead and take a look and see where the Lord leads us this evening. We'll bring this up so that uh, those who uh, can read along, if you're in a position where you don't have a Bible readily available. But the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. As me, Pappy always says, <clears throat> bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you we praise you. Lord, I uh, pray that you'll be with us this evening as we dive into your word. Lord, I pray that you'll lead us, guide us, direct us, uh, help us to glean from it. Lord, uh, these verses are very rich uh, with so much information. And uh, Lord, help us to understand it and apply it. And Lord, let us be equipped, let us be edified, 
but most importantly, Lord, let's glorify you. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, my friends. So, we're going to be looking here. First, we talk about, as soon as we get started here, it says uh, in this very first uh, uh, verse that we're reading here in Titus 2, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Now, first, we look at grace. All right, so for the grace of God. You know, grace can be um, uh, looked at in a couple of different ways. Okay, uh, We look at grace as, um, uh, well, some people look at grace uh, in, 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 to equal that to merit. Okay, I get out here in a second. And uh, when you, uh, well, of course, the definition of grace is unmerited favor. But um, but when you look at that in a sense of merit, all right, uh, people believe, you know, in the way we've been raised, you know, if you work hard, uh, then you will be rewarded, uh, you will succeed, you will do well. You work hard in school, you get good grades. You work hard in sports, you're going to be hopefully uh, victorious or you'll get a uh, scholarship to, to college or school. And uh, Or if you are, uh, work hard in the corporate world, then you will... Uh, Gain uh, that uh, of that uh, corporate ladder. You know that's what we see. That 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 that's how people see deem uh, that, that grace, if you will. And so um, it's based on merit. So people think that if they do good things, the good things going to happen to them. Well, again, we look at that definition of grace, God's unmerited favor, and uh, it's not nothing that you can do or earn. It's it's a free gift. It's it's, it's something that God offers you. Uh, but, you know, there are those who, uh, like in the Roman Catholic Church of things, they think that they have to add on uh, to God's grace, God's mercies, and that you have to do certain things. And as, as well as with other religions, you have to add on to that and do certain things in order to receive God's grace. And uh, again, that is a works-based faith, and that's not how it works. And a lot of people, again, that, that's one way people view grace. Another way people view grace is uh, that they think that um, they get a free pass to sin. They can do whatever they want to do. It's, All right, God's going to forgive me. God's grace is good. And, you know, they just, they just make a lot of it and do whatever they want to do. That's, that's not how that works either. In fact, the Apostle Paul addressed uh, that very uh, problem that he had uh, with individuals who thought that way. And uh, it doesn't give us a license to sin. And, and I've said this before. Uh, you know, God understands that we are sinners. God understands that we are, uh, uh, are sin-filled. We are imperfect. He understands that, okay? But we should still hate and abhor sin. And even though we mess up, and, and like I said, I, I've seen this happen with a lot of other uh, Christians out there that um, they say, oh, well, I'm not perfect, and they'll just... Let, let the, the curse words fly or just do something that's just really just not God-honoring at all. And they say, well, I'm not perfect. Laugh it off. No. <laughs> that's, not, that's making light. That's cheap grace, man. You, get, you don't do that. Uh, you know, we need to be very self-aware uh, of those sins and our shortcomings and try to overcome that and do better. See, you know, again, uh, our faith is not a works-based faith. All right. 
It, it, but we do good things because we want to please the Father. We want to do those things that we know will honor God. And so we do that out of our love. You know, just like my kids want to do things so they want to make old daddy happy. Or I do things because I want to make my earthly father happy. Why? Because I love him. They love me. That's the way that, uh, you know, we do those things, you know. But, um, and that's likewise as Christians, we want to do those things that are honoring to God. And so we want to do those things that please him. And being sin-filled does not please God. And so that's why we have to uh, try to work to avoid those snares and pitfalls of sin, not to make excuses for them. And like I've said before, there's a lot of churches out there, unfortunately, help people to make excuses for sin. And so, you know, so they just, they don't think it's a big deal, but we should hate and abhor sin. Now, here's something that's very interesting. For the grace of God has appeared. All right. So you see that in verse 11, the grace of God has appeared. All right. And then we see that um, on down here, in uh, verse, um, uh, let's see, make sure, um, uh, yeah, 13, uh, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing, all right, uh, of the glory of God. All right, we see down on uh, chapter 3 and uh, uh, verse uh, 4, uh, the kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared. So we see that again, the grace of God has appeared, all right. Now let's look at something very interesting in correlation with this. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 10. 2 Timothy uh, 1, 9 through 10. It's everything that's uh, very interesting here uh, that we correlate with this. Is that um, in 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 10, it says, Who saved us, or right, saved, so we see that word again. Uh, we see salvation for all people in, uh, in verse 11. But we see here in 2 Timothy, uh, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. We see that word again, grace. And he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. All right. So before the ages began, he gave us Jesus Christ. He gave us that grace. He gave us that mercy. And we see that the grace of God has appeared. See, we see that once again. And so in Let's, let's look back at one more thing here. And, and while we're in Titus, uh, in chapter 1, all right, the very first part of this, when we first started this study, so that we see that again. We see that Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect, all right, we know that God's elect, um, we're talking about predestination. A lot of people don't like to uh, think about, uh, don't, don't like the thoughts of election, uh, that God chose us. Uh, it scares a lot of people, but we see that here. God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accord, accords with godliness in hopes of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. See, we see that again. And at their proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the commanding of God our Savior. So that is something that... that uh, 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 Paul is 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 wanting to hit on uh, even before uh, we get over here to chapter two, verse eleven, as, as, a, as something that he feels that needs to be addressed. So, um, for the grace of God has appearing, all right, bringing salvation for all people, or offered, or extended. Okay. Now, uh, let's see here. I was wanting to look at. Um, Let's see, I think first Timothy, I think this is where I want to go here. I want to say first Timothy two. 
one through four. Two, uh, yeah, First Timothy two one through four. Uh, now we're talking about salvation for all people. Now let's let's, make, let's take a look at something here. Uh, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So it is their desire for all people to know. It is the desire. See, uh, when Jesus Christ, uh, when God sent his only son, when Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven, uh, again, going back to election, uh, he, he chose certain ones who were going to be saved. And again, People may not understand that. They may not like that. And, I, and I've, I've discussed this before. And I, I told you about the book, uh, uh, Election of Calvinism in the Las Vegas Airport. A uh, great book. helps to uh, understand election. really helped me uh, to, um, to have a better understanding of election. I struggled with that uh, when I first came into the ministry. And because he knew not everybody would, would accept him. And so, therefore, uh, uh, it would have cheapened. It would have uh, been in vain to die for those who would not ever accept him. So he come to die for those he chose. Who the elect are, we don't know. But God knows who those are. And that's why we, it does not eliminate our, our, our mission to go forth into all nations, uh, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ and baptizing the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Great Commission. We have to go out. We have to tell others about the love of Christ and we need to plant those seeds. Because, and if you may be saying, well, how do I know that I'm one of the elect? If you accepted Jesus Christ, your first Lord and Savior, you are the elect. You're good to go. All right. So don't, don't stress over that. Okay. You, you know, salvation is open to all. That's all we're seeing here. It is open for all people. All right. And that knowledge is, is uh, open, is, is easily given to all people. But all, not everybody would accept him. Not everybody's going to, uh, is, is going to uh, listen uh, to that. Uh, they can go no further than social media to prove the point. You can sit there and talk about Jesus Christ, and what do people do? Oh, they sit there and call him a sky daddy. They call the Bible a book of fairy tales. They think they're high-minded and haughty. They think they, they are, are pseudo-intellectuals, uh, you know, and I call them pseudo-intellectuals because that uh, Google at their fingertips, they wouldn't know uh, they're fanny from a hole in the ground and not have any kind of defense. It's like talking that wall. And no matter what you say, they have something to a counter-argument. And every single one of them say the exact same thing. Sometimes I think these, uh, some of these atheists and, and non-believers, I, sometimes I wonder if there's a book that's passed around. <laughs> because they, they, everyone, say the same exact thing. And no matter what you say, it's like it's, you might as well just beat your head against the wall about how much you're going to get accomplished. But here's one thing's for sure. Uh, they can argue, and I don't argue with them. You know, I used to, there was a time when I would go back and forth debating because uh, I, I had this sincere hope that may I get through to them. I can't do anything. We can't force people to believe. You know, we can't beat people over the head with a family Bible and, and make them believe. All we can do is plant a seed, try to tell them about Jesus, and go on. Dust the, the dirt off your feet, the dust off your feet, and go on. There's no point in wasting time. Argue not with a fool unless you become like him yourself. Don't waste time with people like that. And uh, and just and, and make your point and go on. So, yes, uh, salvation is open to all. And salvation is given to all freely. But not everybody's going to accept that. 
And uh, so we see that salvation for all people, that knowledge there. Now, we might want to look at uh, 1 Timothy 4, 9 and 10. Uh, yeah, 9 and 10. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Okay? So, uh, again, you know, we, uh, for those who believe, you know, God's not going to reject anybody. You know, you, you, it's not like you want to say, or somebody says, well, I'm going to say the sinner's prayer. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And God says, oh, wait a minute, turn off the elect. Uh, I can't take that. That's not, that's not how that works at all. Anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so, uh, and again, uh, God knew us before we were informed in the womb. Uh, we, you know, he, anyway. I don't want to go back into rehashing all that. I, I feel like I went over election a lot, uh, particularly in Hebrews. I went over that several times. And uh, so uh, I don't want to go back and uh, rehash that again. So, uh, salvation for all people. Now, training us, right, or, or you know, kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know, training or, um, how can I put it, um, like you teach a child, okay? Uh, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Now, here's the thing. We are in this world. We are not of this world. And uh, it is very easy uh, to uh, to be, uh, to give in to covetous, uh, to give in to sexual desires, to give in to uh, the passions, to give in to uh, the worldly things, the ungodly things. Uh, those are the things that uh, the devil makes um, very easy, uh, readily available. And uh, that's why we have to uh, be taught, we have to be trained, we have to learn uh, in accordance, you know, we can know, understand God's grace, understand God's salvation, that we need to renounce that. Now, you know, we look at that, you know, here we're talking about grace, we're talking about salvation, and then all of a sudden it's just like, uh, 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 you know, Paul, all of a sudden he, he's talking about, um, he goes to, uh, talking about character here, and but I think that as a result of understanding God's grace and salvation, uh, we have the under the, uh, God gives us that ability to uh, renounce or reject the ungodly things, uh, to be self-controlled. You know, and we live in a world where just um, anything goes. You know, it, it, if if that's what you like, if that's what feels good, go for it. That's that's what the world teaches our young people. You know, it's a sad state of affairs that we have parents out there who uh, in uh, I've told you this before, you know, uh, one time me and Brandy was at a, uh, a yard sale. I hate going with her. Nine times out of ten, I sit in the car. So I hate it. Let her go look and see. But this was few, several years ago. And uh, for whatever reason, I went with her that morning and invited this woman to the church. In fact, it, literally the neighborhood across from the church, we invited her over there. She said, you know, I've never took my daughter to church. It's like, you know, when you hear that, it's like, holy shnikes. You know, it's like, you know, it, it you know. You think at least when we grew up here in the Bible Belt, you figure everybody's been to church at least once or twice in their life. But when you hear that, it's like, wow. And so, you know, you, they uh, no wonder people are so ignorant when it comes to the things of God. And, and they parrot so much of the things of the world. And, and they don't understand when you try to talk to them about the Lord and why there's such rejection. And, you know, and why they, they don't have a problem with how anything goes. You, know, you, you see these people who've never been to church, and so they don't have a problem with if their kid, uh, if their little boy comes home and says he thinks he's a girl, or a little girl comes home and says she thinks she's a boy, 
eight years old, and the parents are like, well, okay, well, then we'll just call you whatever, and you dress however, you know, for those that were saved, are like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? You know, because we have a sense of morality uh, that God has given us that, you know, we, we're like, hey, that is wrong. You don't do that, you know. Uh, particularly, uh, it amazes me, a young child that people would do that. There's a lot of tomboy girls out there that, you know, once they hit puberty, they're like, hey, you know, they, they like the boys. Or likewise, uh, maybe a boy's a little feminine, then he hit puberty. He's like, hello, ladies, you know. <laughs> so, you know, there's, um, uh, I've, I've read stories where people um, who uh, thought they were transgender or whatever, and then when they hit puberty, they, they realize that, uh, hey, uh, this is not the direction I want to go in. And the fact these parents let these children make adult decisions uh, is, is nauseating and mind-blowing at the very least. But as Christians, all right, once we come to know Jesus Christ, our first Lord and Savior, our eyes have been opened. Uh, we have been illuminated with the things of Christ. And so, therefore, we have to put away that ungodliness, those worldly passions, and we have to have self-control. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we can't just give in to everything, any whim that we feel like. And, uh, you know, I, I feel a little guilty sometimes of my lack of self-control in eating. You know, I, I, I enjoy a good meal, and um, uh, as, as a lot of people do. And uh, there's times when you can say, all right, that's enough. You need to push, push the plate away. And it's not always easy to do, particularly at Thanksgiving. You know, we have to ask the Lord to forgive me for gluttony before it even starts. But um, uh, whatever area of life uh, that maybe you're struggling in, uh, we need to have self-control in all areas, okay? So whether it's watching television, whether it's on social media, you know, it's easy to get sucked into uh, watching uh, TikTok videos or uh, being on Facebook and uh, or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the social media thing is. It's easy to spend uh, large amounts of hours on that. In fact, I saw uh, a video that people are watching videos. I saw a video the other day where this woman was on her phone and she had, uh, she was in the parking lot and she had her baby in the baby carriage. Car was backing up and a woman ran up and smacked that car and made him stop. It was going to run right over top of that baby in the baby carriage because the woman was on her phone. That's, that's one thing I told my daughter. Number one self defense is uh, a guy said it was on uh, Fox News several years ago. He said, number one self defense, put your phone down. If you're looking on your phone, predators see that, and they see you, uh, that you're not paying attention, and they see you as a victim of, to attack. But if you are aware of your surroundings and what's going on, they're less likely to do something. And that's why I told my daughter, I said, you get on that phone, I said, you have your back, you're at my bed. I'm not with you, you put your back against the wall, you uh, then call or dial or whatever, and you, you keep make sure who's around you, do what you got to do, get off the stupid thing. And then uh, pay attention to who's around you and what's around you and what's going on. Even when you're pumping gas, you look around, see who's right now. You do those things. But we, no matter where, what area of life that we're in, we have to have and exhibit that self-control. Uh, and so, you know, ask yourself, am I, am I spending inordinate hours on the television, on the computer, on my phone, eating or indulging in sinful activity, whatever, whatever that may be? Uh, that you know is wrong, uh, maybe you need to reevaluate where you're at spiritually and say, you know what, Lord, help me to have that proper self-control. And, uh, you know, we see that word um, upright. Uh, when you, you know, to, to do um, 
I'm trying to think here. I have my mouse went blank on me here. Upright, upright, upright. Where's I at here? Um, I had something specific I was wanting to hit on there, and I might as well blank on it. Anyway, uh, to do what is um, uh, dignifying, to do what is um, honorable. Uh, so that's one, you know, that's one thing that is lacking. Uh, in our society today, to do what is dignified, to do what is honorable, uh, and, and, and to do what is right. You know, I was talking to someone here just the other day. We was talking about, uh, uh, oh, I know what it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was on a devotion or it was on a Sunday night or Wednesday night I was talking. But um, it was a, um, uh, it's talking about an uh, illustration about a pastor who, um, uh, He'd been, he'd been holding a revival. Well, uh, one night after revival, uh, he was getting on uh, the bus the next morning. He gave the bus driver uh, the dollar bill or whatever to take him to somewhere in the city. And uh, the bus driver gave him 10 cents too much. And so he, um, uh, you know, he could have easily pocketed 10 cents. How many people would have thought about it? He said, no, I, no, I can't, can't do that. He went back over there and said, hey, man, you gave me... Uh, Ted says too much. The bus driver said, yeah, I know I did. He said, you were talking about uh, doing the right thing. He said, uh, "He said I, I never really had much to do for Christians and pastors, but he said, I wanted to test you. And if you were honest, then uh, I would have returned back uh, tonight to listen to you. And sure enough, that bus driver come back that night and he got saved. So, uh, you know, for over a little matter of 10 cents, uh, the man gave his uh, heart to Jesus Christ, and and, and I was talking about how that uh, I was tested that way. I, you know, I don't think it was uh, intentional, but I was at a gas station one time. Guy gave me like five or ten dollars too much, and I went back in there and said, "Hey, you, you gave me too much." And he, uh, uh, he said, "Oh, thank you." My he said, "My till would have been been short," but um, you know, not many people would have thought much of ten cents. And I know uh, my dad or my mom, or my wife, or. Uh, kids, you know, hope, I know that they would have, uh, things like that would, would bother them as well. And they would uh, definitely go back and say, hey, you gave me too much. And, uh, well, my wife, it gets better, I'll kill them. But, I, <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we need that. It's, not, it's hard to find me people who are honorable and willing to do the right thing in this world. You know, uh, it's just anything goes. It amazes me, those videos where people try to steal bicycles or somebody's wallet or somebody's phone. But I love it when they're set up and they go to steal somebody's phone. Uh, they, oh, they walk off and they act like they've left it or just sitting there, act like they're occupied. And uh, they have some electrical charge set to it. And so they, so somebody grabs it and they let them go so far and they'll hit that button. That electrical charge goes off and they throw that phone. I love that. Anyway, uh, so the upright and godly lives in the present age. So we need to, to show... Uh, that godliness. We need to show uh, Christ's change in our life. We need to demonstrate those things of God, uh, that we are a changed person. We're not like everybody else uh, in the world. We need to, to stand out. You know, I know there's some people out there who are introverts, and uh, they, they don't, um, uh, they, they want to just kind of hide in, uh, in, in the crowd. You know, they don't want to stand out in any way. But as Christians, we must stand out. We must be different from those of the world. We must be showing godliness. We must be showing a proper attitude. We must show uh, that God has touched our lives, whether uh, it's showing courtesy, uh, showing good manners, showing love, showing whatever it may be, that we're demonstrating those godly attributes and attitudes 
because of the grace of God, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us in our lives. Now, you know, one thing we need to look at, too, uh, particularly we're looking at um, uh, self-control, you know, that's another thing how what, gra what grace trains us to do is to be sensible, is to show that self-control, uh, is to show that integrity, that trains us to be upright, to, to do those right things, uh, and to show honesty. You know, uh, again, it's so sad that um, we live in a world where honesty uh, is almost a thing of the past. Uh, you know, it's just everybody's always oh, nothing wrong with a little white lie. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you know, obviously... Uh, we don't want to lie. We always want to tell the truth. But uh, me and Dad, we talked about the other day was that Geico commercial uh, where uh, Abraham Lincoln and his wife says, uh, this, this, this outfit make me look fat. And Abraham Lincoln goes, <laughs> so no situations. The wife asks you that. Men, run. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> Get away from there. It's a trap. <laughs> Get out of there. Uh, so you want to be honest with me upright, but you don't want to be stupid. So get out of there. <laughs> so, all right. And, um, and again, and, and this, all going, this all goes back to grace and how grace trains us uh, to live uh, those godliness, that godly lives, that holiness and devotion to God. You know, are you devoted to God? Are you giving your all to God? What is the, what is the main thing, or the, the, the first commandment? To love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. All right. So when we see that that holiness, that devotion to God, are you uh, trying to give your all to God? Are you loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, body, being, or are you putting on an act? You know, it's easy to uh, uh, put on an act. It's easy to come to church and act super spiritual, and then you go home and kick the dog and uh, uh, stay drunk six days out of the week and uh, uh, nasty and belligerent, and uh, then you come to church and act super spiritual. Uh, you know, those things happen. You know, they really do. That's why I told you before, there's a lot of preacher's kids out there. That's why they're so wild and crazy, because their dads would preach at the pulpit, come home and act like a lunatic at home. That's one thing I've always told you about integrity. It's always, I always had a lot of respect for my dad. He's always been a man of honor, always been a man of integrity, and uh, he's no different at home than he is at the pulpit. You know, the only difference is he doesn't take up offering. Thank goodness. See? So, but, uh, uh, he, uh, he's no different, but he's always been, it's always been honest. In fact, there's been times that you know, he's done things, I'm thinking, why, why would you even bother? But, it has bothered him, and uh, it, it's something that he's had to do to make something right, and he'll do it. And when you know a lot of other people have been like, "Well, I would even wouldn't even bother," but that's the, that shows the difference between someone who's trying to live a godly life, a man of integrity, and those who try to make excuses for sin. Now, you know, he's not perfect; uh, he has his faults too. Uh, he's mean. Uh, he's rotten. <laughs> And uh, you never want to give him a stick because he will torment the life out of you. All right. So he, uh, I love my dad, but uh, uh, even even he can be uh, be in a bad mood sometimes. So it's, uh, you never have to wonder if he is because he'll usually tell you, don't even get near me. I'm in a bad mood. Okay. I'm out of here. So, but, uh, uh, all right. So now verses 13 through 14 here. Uh, let me get over here. Uh, for waiting for a blessed hope, the appearing, you know, we saw that a minute ago, appearing of the glory of our great 
God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify uh, for himself people for his own possession, who are zealous of zealous for good works. Uh, now, let's see here. There was um, a verse I was wanting to read. I think it's Jeremiah 31. Let me look at some here. I think that was where I, where I was going with that. Jeremiah. Um, 33 through 34 is what I'm thinking. Make sure. Um, Make sure that's what I was thinking of here. Okay, yeah. Appearing uh, of the glory of our great Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all lawless. Now, uh, in Jeremiah 31, 33-34, uh, it says, For this is the covenant, all right, this is the blood covenant, we can see Luke twenty two twenty. but uh, for this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my law within now, right on their hearts. All right, I think that's important right there. Uh, is, is we see here uh, what the blood of Jesus bought, uh, that they're writing this on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, also, I'd like to look at um, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 28. And uh, you just want to pass Jeremiah there just a hair, and uh, let me get over here. All right. And that was, um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, um, verse 25 of uh, chapter 36 of Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, you shall be clean. We're talking about purification there, be clean from all your uncleanness, from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart. All right, it's important to know that, and a new spirit that I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And give you a, a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statues, and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give you to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Now, it's very, you know, we see that here to be I have a heart of stone. Before we come to know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have hardened hearts. But when we come to know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have a heart of flesh. We become soft-hearted. You know. Um, Oh, uh, Christian music singer, um, Green, um, oh, what is his name? Um, oh, my mind's went blank. Anyway, um, well, in one of his songs, he talks about before he, he goes to, uh, to, uh, to, to sing his song, um, he, um, uh, talks about, said, God, give me a, uh, uh, like a baby skin, uh, give me a, uh, uh, that, that heart of flesh, uh, Keith Green, that's what I was trying to think of, Keith Green, give me that, that fleshy heart, you know, he talks about that in that song, it made me think of that when I read that. But, you know, one thing we can see here uh, is that, uh, a couple of things, all right, again, we, we still out there uh, about the, the great God and the Savior Jesus Christ, we see what he bought, we see that he gave us, but to redeem, see, you know, one thing we was reading uh, here uh, in our last uh, uh, teaching that we've done, uh, was we talking about bond servants or slaves. And see, when we, when we see that word redeem, that would have gotten their attention. Uh, because, um, that, what does that redeem mean? Uh, to buy out, to buy back, uh, to, to, you know, and so they would have, they would have understood that terminology of, of redemption. 
because we have been bought out. We have bought with a high price. And when we read all these things here, again, it goes back to where he's talking about in verses 9 and 10. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters and everything. They're to be well-pleasing, no argument, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Adorn the doctrine. Okay? Remember, adorn uh, is where in the Greek we get the word uh, for make up, to beautify. See, we, we adorn ourselves with the things of God. And that's what we're seeing here. Uh, zealous for his good works. Uh, we are adorning. We're putting these things on. The things of God beautify, beautify us. Uh, and, and that's what Paul's trying to, to, to tell us, understand is that we understand grace. We understand salvation. We understand the high price of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We understand that redemption. We understand that uh, we, we can adorn ourselves. And once we come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, we can adorn ourselves with the things of God. It beautifies us. It makes us better. It makes us, uh, uh, we can stand in, uh, because of, of, of Christ's redemption and uh, his grace, his sanctification, his glorification. We can stand in the presence of God because of what he has done for us. And so, therefore, it beautifies us. And uh, before we were ugly, we were hard-hearted, we were cold, uh, we were we were dead men walking, but Jesus Christ came to give us life. That's why his grace is sufficient, unmerited favor, those things of God, his salvation, his election. All these things come together to make us better men and women for Christ Jesus. That's why we don't need to get down when it comes to the things of the world. That's why we don't need to live in depression. That's why we don't need to live in anger. We don't need to live in fear. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ who fills us, who sustains us, who will give us the ability to endure and to persevere any hardship, any ruler, no matter who it may be, or what circumstances have in our lives, God will help us. And so let that shine through. Let that uh, adorn ourselves with the things of Christ Jesus. And so that uh, when people see us, they don't see you, they see Christ in you. And that you can be that ambassador, that representation of the things of God. And uh, it should shine through you even at Walmart, you know, I don't know about you, but when I go to Walmart, I start getting angry. You know, I'm like way up here, you know, that we should, we should be bring that way down here and represent Jesus Christ and show that kindness and courtesy even to those who don't deserve it, even to those who are rude and nasty. But you know what? Because God's grace is sufficient. God loves us even when we're rude and nasty as well and don't deserve it. So uh, let us adorn ourselves with the things of Christ Jesus. And we can be beautiful in the eyes of God. Let us pray. Now, Father, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us uh, to adorn ourselves with the things of you. Let us be uh, men and women of integrity. Let us uh, be uh, godly men and women. Let us uh, be self-controlled. Uh, let us understand the grace of God. And Lord, uh, let us serve you well in all things. And Lord, uh, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. You know, one thing I did forget to mention, I know we're out of time, but uh, I was talking about uh, God's grace. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a couple examples uh, of God's grace I was going to talk about. But one in particular I thought was very uh, uh, 
something I feel like we need, I wanted to, to read just real quick was James Elliott. Um, he uh, was a, um, uh, uh, he's one of the, uh, they did a movie uh, where they went to see the Aka Indians. They, they speared him to death. And uh, this is something that he had wrote, had wrote and uh, I thought it might be good to read uh, this evening. It says, fix your eyes on the rising morning star. Live every day as if the Son of Man were at the door and gear your thinking to the fleeting moment. Walk as if the next step would carry you across the threshold of heaven. You know, we're talking about this presidential election. Well, they say, I don't know, I was very young then, that Jimmy Carter, <laughs> we'll get into that. But anyway, he said he would uh, go to different people's homes when he, during the election. And, uh, of course, you know, if you thought a president was coming to your home, how you would uh, clean, straightened up, and where they look pristine. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ is going to be coming back soon. And uh, I would hope and pray that you have your spiritual home in order and waiting with anticipation. And just like he was reading here, walks if the next step would carry you across the threshold of heaven. You can do that every day. You'll be doing well. Well, my friends, hope you have a good night and a blessed night. Thanks for watching. God bless.